0: Hi, everybody. I am Jen Johnson, and you are listening to Thought by Thought Healing, where I talk about everything related to chronic pain and chronic symptoms. I comment this from a Christian perspective, and so if that's important to you, then you should definitely subscribe to my channel. And if you are listening on podcast platforms, I would love if you would leave me a review. That is what gets um, this hope essentially out there, which is why I run this channel. There is so much hope to recover from chronic pain and other chronic symptoms. But I will say that most of the information and the tools out there are geared towards people who are in chronic pain. And so that's why I'm mostly excited about today's interview with Fiona Simmington, who also has a, um, a podcast, an episode on curable and on living proof. And so if you want to look at those, they will be in the show notes. But first of all, Fiona is just lovely. And this was just a really enjoyable conversation Um, and we were able to connect before starting before hitting that record button. And it was, um, just really, and it it was just encouraging. Um, so I hope that you enjoy it, especially if you have fatigue as one of your symptoms to hear how she was able to just take those tools and really be able to apply them to a symptom that seems to be slightly different than what all the information out there is talking about. There is so much hope to recover. And I hope that you get that from this interview that I have with her. So enjoy. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, Fiona, thank you for being here with me today.
1: You're very welcome. It's lovely to be here.
0: So Fiona has done an interview on Curable and Mm -hmm. also for Living Proof. And so... I think the first one I heard was the living proof one actually
1: okay.
0: for people who want to watch any of your other stuff. Can they watch the curable one if they don't have a membership to curable?
1: Uh, yeah. I believe all the podcasts are available for free. So yeah, that's, that's an audio, uh, just yeah, something to listen to, but it's, I, I I believe it's available publicly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Great. Okay. And one of the reasons I'm just really excited to have you in particular on is because one of your symptoms is chronic fatigue and my story has many different types of symptoms and I know yours does also um but um and I've experienced fatigue but not as a chronic symptom and so um it's it's and we talked about this briefly before before we started this video but it's really I imagine very disheartening and discouraging and confusing for people whose primary symptom is chronic fatigue because all of the tools out there are pointed towards people with chronic pain which is great for those of with with chronic pain but um I'm excited to hear your experience of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And I'm very happy to share in the sense that I think that, as you say, everything is directed towards pain and it's it's very difficult to know how to adapt some of the ideas towards other symptoms. And and if you can dare to get your hopes up and actually trust that that this might help you as well. So, yeah, it's always lovely to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: So let's just start by you telling us a little bit about
0: your story pre-healing, um, whatever mm-hmm. you think would be pertinent, whether it's the the perfect storm or not. But what
1: what yeah, brought so about? I I started having problems actually at the age of, of eleven, and I'd I'd fallen off a horse um, a few months before, and 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 I'd been knocked out when I fell off. It was uh, it was quite a bad fall, but it wasn't. I didn't break any bones. I didn't have any sort of really serious injuries. Um, but things didn't feel right and i I sort of had um pain on and off. it sort of would come and go for a few months uh, and now I would also say that there was there was uh quite a lot of stress within the family my my dad had been made redundant um several times, and there were some other things that you know that not shouldn't really have happened in terms of um yeah i think i think whenever we do this work it's always it's always good to look back at well what could have been the trigger and i certainly think that but by 11 there were there were a few things that had gone wrong that that had been traumatic and and this this pain came and went and then um a few months later i i woke up in pain and that was it it didn't go away from there um and really very quickly over the course of about a week i i was finding it too difficult to walk um, I know we got a pair of crutches to help me. Um, I started to find school impossible. Um, I was sent to uh, various different hospitals. I tried uh, pain management programs. And the idea was to try and get me mobile as quickly as possible. And 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 very much they did tests and they sort of said, well, there's there's nothing physically wrong. There's no reason why you should be in pain, which at 11 and 12 and then 13, I, I had no idea what was going on. And I had expected to go to the doctor and to be told. Actually, this is what's happened. And, and, you know, either some medication or some physiotherapy, and you'll be fine. So that was very distressing. But for those early years, pain was the problem. And it was pain in my left knee and my back and my hip. Um, and it was, it was severe pain. It was, it was very disabling. Um, and then really fast forward through to uh when I was in my early 20s, I went off to university. I I was really quite significantly disabled in a lot of ways. I uh, was using a wheelchair, was struggling to sit, struggling to walk. Uh, everything was a struggle. It was, it's was. it been very, very difficult. And I'd had all sorts of interventions and nothing had really worked and all the medication I'd taken hadn't really worked. And then at university, um, I went off to to do a course that I thought I was going to love and I was really looking forward to it. And then in actual fact, um, there were another series of of, of really difficult things that happened in in my personal life. Um, And my pain got a lot worse uh, overnight. I woke up one morning thinking, Mm -hmm. something's something's different again. And I dropped out of university to to try and manage that and realized um, I took a year out and, and I realized in that time that something else was going on in the sense that I just didn't have any energy. Um, and in fact, what I did originally was um, I think I think I got about three months into that year off and I, I took a holiday. I decided, right, I'm burnt out. I've been in pain for a long time. I felt traumatized by everything that had happened with the pain. And I thought, mm-hmm. I just need to take a little bit of time, take care of myself. Um, and, and then actually, you know, I'll have some energy again. And so I went on holiday and I remember on this holiday, I kept falling asleep um, and I was falling asleep. At, I remember there was a sort of lunch table spread out and i i sat down next to it and put my my head on my arms and i fell asleep and i think i just slept all afternoon and everybody else was sort of eating lunch around me and then you know they went swimming and it was it was very overwhelming and i went home thinking this isn't right when you go on holiday and you're in a nice place and it's sunny and you're supposed to come home feeling better and i i was used to the pain but i i didn't have really any experience with that kind of fatigue um and I think that um initially I still had a sense of I'm burnt out I'm going to recover uh and I I very quickly found it difficult to exercise I was I was always um I think there were sort of there were times when uh with the pain I I could hardly walk at all and then there were there were sort of times where it varied and uh up until um that point I think the sort of three or four years up until that point I had been starting to be more mobile i'd been doing more things i've been walking more oh, okay. still in pain but but just had had much better better mobility um, and and so i had a sense of right i'm going to sit on an exercise bike and and try and cycle for five minutes to give myself some energy and I couldn't do it. And I very, very quickly realized that not only could I not do it in that moment, and I felt really bad, but a couple of days later, my energy would crash really badly. Um, and I remember trying to, to go swimming because somebody had said, well, you know, swimming is a very easy, it takes all the pressure off your joints. It's very soothing. You feel very relaxed in the water. So I started going swimming and, uh, and had all these ideas about, well, I'm going to really benefit from this. And I love being in the water. Um, and, and again, very quickly realized sort of two days later I would be sitting there crying, just feeling so acutely exhausted. And and actually I pushed on with that too much, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it got quite frightening because I think there were some days where I would fall asleep and i I would sleep all night and then i would sleep all afternoon and i would wake up and i can remember at worst thinking i can't open my eyes because i'm so exhausted um and you know needing to go and use the bathroom and and having to lie there and think well I, i just don't have the energy to get up and having to wait half an hour an hour trying to sort of gather all the energy within me um to get myself up and it was very frightening. And I, I knew then that, well, this is this is something different. And and that developed into, you know, I got a diagnosis of me, I actually got a diagnosis of fibromyalgia as well from a rheumatologist. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so so that then was my life where I had had pain for a long time, found that very difficult on its own, but then also had this this fatigue, which then lasted for uh, for 14 years.
0: And um, for those listening, ME is, I think in the United States, we say CFS, is that correct? Yes,
1: I think the two terms, I mean, I think there's a lot of feeling within the ME community that they don't like the term CFS, but it certainly gets oh. used in research and by medical professionals. And there's some patients who would say that they'd rather use the term CFS, but it's its basically the idea is it's, it's very uh, significant fatigue and it's crashing. Usually there's a crash kind of a couple of days after any kind of exertion. Um, and and everybody there's different levels of it I would have said that I was moderately affected but I was the severe end of moderate so I couldn't work Um, I couldn't I mean I missed family weddings and christenings and parties and and I struggled to socialize and I had carers come in and and uh, help me wash my hair and help cook for me and um, so basic tasks were really really exhausting
0: okay wow yeah you are early on in this story. You mentioned um, school being really difficult. And I'm and I'm wondering, did that have to do with I'm predicting that maybe it was was it brain fog? Was it?
1: Um, so in those early days, it was it was pain, in fact. But okay. I, I, I ended up because I had to drop out of university when the fatigue um, struck. I I ended up I was I was pretty determined to finish my degree and I studied at home. And it took me five okay. years, and at that point, brain fog was an issue. And I, I mean, particularly the last couple of years, I just felt myself declining from having to make that effort to concentrate. Um, and and it was it was really tough. But yes, it was certainly that was more as a, as an adult rather than, I think, when I was a child, it was much more. The pain was just so bad.
0: Okay, okay. I asked because people don't talk about brain fog that much, but I have yeah,
1: absolutely, a terrible it's time right. with brain fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and then you've, so you've got this diagnosis of ME and, and what was that like? Just, I think looking back emotionally on that to get that um, was, I mean, I
1: think, I think there's such a sense and I know it's the same with pain, but there's such a sense of, of, of being told we'll go away and and, and good luck with the rest of your life because we can't do anything. And, and I think already I'd had such severe pain and there'd been such a sense of, I'm on my own with this and I don't know how to live with such severe pain. And I think adding in the fatigue, it was just desperate. I mean, there were I think I sort of got through it a day at a time because I, if I looked at the future, it was very frightening. Um, and I, I remember sitting there thinking, well, how am I supposed to make friends and and have relationships and and you know, I wanted to build a career and and have children and I everything, every aspect of life that I looked at in the future, I would think, well. This doesn't work. There is no way of making a life when I'm so restricted. And and, and what am I? I remember the, thinking, what am I supposed to do with myself? You know that I I knew I really couldn't um, continue with studying beyond my undergraduate degree, and even that was was so hard. And it was a sense of well, you, you're just left. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I tried um, volunteering for one year. I used to go just for two two hours a, a for um, one morning a week. And I had to stop because the exhaustion was mm-hmm. so bad. I just, I I wasn't reliable. I couldn't manage to turn up every week. I made silly mistakes when I was there, which were because I was so exhausted. And I I was doing so little the rest of the week anyway, but I was still too tired to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like, I mean, you've already got all these chronic symptoms and and fatigue. And then you get a diagnosis. And instead of it being relieving, which it never is. um. There's an additional fight or flight trauma response, um, yeah. or tra- there's there's something traumatic is happening. Um, yeah. in yeah. them. And I
1: think I think the the only good good thing about a diagnosis was it it put me in touch with other people with the same symptoms, and at the time, okay, that was an enormous comfort. But I think now looking back, there's also you're you're going to be coming across people so other people in the, those communities, whether it's pain or fatigue, saying to you well i've been in, in this position for this many years and I, you know there is no cure and and it's awful and 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 i i was part of a community of friends who there was a lot of positivity there was a, a lot of support they were incredible people but it's just inevitable that you are watching other people suffer and that's also traumatic
0: yeah yep absolutely i really struggle with diagnoses just in general <laughs> just feel like they they slap on just another layer of fight or flight um yes. Okay, so and then at some point in time you found you found hope um can you just talk about how that came about for you and what that was like?
1: Yeah I I love talking about this because I still look back and I think, how did this happen really I yeah. I'd spent many years sort of I tried different medications and we, we went to sort of different alternative practitioners and nothing helped and I I did not want to be, I, di- I didn't want anybody to sort of push something on me that was not going to help me, and and I think there's charlatans out there who want your money. They want to tell you that yeah. they're going to cure you, and they 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 sometimes you know they manage to get a lot of money out of people. So I was very suspicious, but I started to get pretty desperate actually the older I got it was just very very difficult and I used to go on um, I used to spend quite a lot of time on my phone because I was in bed and on my own a lot and I was on Instagram and uh, adverts kept popping up for curable and initially I, I just looked at them and I thought this is offensive this is ridiculous it's stupid it's not going to help me I know it all I know what they're trying to sell me Um, but I was desperate and these, these adverts kept coming up. I mean, they just kept popping up and they started to sort of include testimonials of people saying, actually try this because it has changed my life. And I, because I was desperate, I almost had this moment of like, right, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to give it everything so I can prove it's stupid and it doesn't work. Um, and I sort of thought if at least if I give it my all, I will walk away knowing I've tried and I've, I've, yeah, I did embrace it. And of course, actually deep down, I, I really desperately hope that it would help me, but Mm -hmm. it is very, very difficult to get your hopes up. But I, I, I did it. I, I Mm -hmm. basically, um, I decided I was, I was not going to push through. It was very important to be, to not push myself physically. So I thought I'm going to almost take a step back and do less. And I'm going to spend as much time as I can engaging with the exercises, seeing if I, seeing if this works from the inside out. Uh, And that, that's what I did. And, And basically, um, about three weeks and I think it was I realized no this is this is changing me this is this all re- it resonated right from the beginning and which was a real surprise because I thought I was going to hate it but yeah. it resonated immediately I knew this was going to change things I didn't really fully expect to completely recover that was that was okay that was, for so far away oh. I'd had by that point you know 25 years of symptoms um and 14 oh. years of the ME uh, in particular but But six weeks down the line, I had to sort of, I had to accept that, no, this worked. And I was, I was absolutely recovering and I was going to be fine. And it was, my world just completely tipped upside down.
0: (laughs) Wow. So there's so much in there. So when you, (laughs) um, three weeks in, Mm. you started realizing, oh, this is it, is it, did you start, did you start seeing uh, what made you realize that this was going to work?
1: Well, do you know, actually was one weekend, what was so funny, and I still look back at this and it, I think it was amazing because I, I had a dog that I had I had got with an ex and I couldn't look after my dog. I obviously couldn't walk her. My mum had helped a lot. My ex had helped and... and- on this occasion a a dog walker had come to the door to pick her up to take her out for me and this was this was one week in so I it was too early to really know what was going on and he looked at me and he said you're getting better aren't you and he'd known me I mean he'd see me out in a wheelchair and um, mobility scooter and he knew me as somebody who was very housebound really but, but he looked at me, he said, he said, you're getting better. And I just, I looked at him, I said, well, what's made you say that? And he said, you look completely different. You're, cause I, I used to be very pale at times, used to look very unwell. And he said, your color's completely changed and your eyes look different. And I remember at the time being quite sort of freaked out by this, but I think three weeks in, it was because everything I was learning about how the brain generates symptoms, I was suddenly spotting that, okay, hang on. I, I was expecting to wake up feeling tired today and it's suddenly not like that. And then and then I've had energy in the morning and then okay, some fatigue has hit, but it's why did I then have energy in the morning unless these all these ideas mm. are correct? So it just started clicking. So you started seeing shifts
0: that mm, were I kind of. So
1: indicating I think so,
0: I think so yeah. yeah I love that somebody else saw a change
1: yes yeah and my and my parents were on holiday They I'd, I'd almost kind of deliberately they, they'd I have a sister who lives in Australia so they'd gone off for three weeks to see her and I think it had been really important that I start this when they were gone because I didn't want any pressure from anybody even even sort of you know them being hopeful for me I didn't want anybody else to, to know about it and so they yeah. came back and 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 they came back and again my mom said one of the things she noticed immediately was just my color had completely changed and, and I mean that was th- that was 3 weeks in that wasn't sort of 6 weeks in when I would have said no I'm completely recovered it's just yeah it, all these changes that happened and and very r- physical changes you know yeah so did you just use the curable apps then or like the I curable did. app or did so you I it? I just used I just used curable and the only thing I sort of supplemented it with uh, it, at the end really was um alan gordon who i think produces such wonderful material and i mean some a lot of it's free mm-hmm. and then he's now written a book and he's got some youtube mm-hmm. videos and um there were a couple of videos that i watched of his that just really made everything fall into place but um mm-hmm. but yes it, it, curable was what i had access to at the time so
0: so it in um well, okay. I want to go so many directions. (laughs) So let, (laughs) I do want to make sure that we hit on the idea that even curable, although they often use the word symptoms, um, Mm. they, 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 it is still geared towards pain. Um, so how, how did you, and just speaking to the people out there who are seeing all this material for pain and there's, you know, this disheartening um, and layered with just what you just said about uh, something about it's scary to hope. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now you've got this extra layer of, but this is for people in chronic pain and you want me to hope and even start changing my expectations around my symptoms. How did you, can you give a couple examples or even one of just how you took the material for pain yeah. and adapted it to you?
1: I think, so what was really interesting was that I'd always seen myself as somebody who I, I'd read sort of research papers on pain and I'd I'd sort of tried to keep up with with theories around pain that i used to think it was stupid and i didn't agree with which is you know the the brain can generate pain and so when i started curable i i couldn't believe that they were explaining things in a way that i i, I didn't really know some of the things that they were explaining which was a shock mm-hmm. but it was a really good shock mm-hmm. it was good for me to to, to understand that i'd actually got a, a, the wrong understanding of some of this science actually mm-hmm. and they explained things so clearly and so well that that actually your brain can generate all sorts of symptoms and very severe ones. It can break, it can make you very, very ill. Um And they explained it so beautifully that I, and it, and it started to resonate very quickly that I remember thinking, well, okay, it makes sense to me that my brain is generating the pain that I've had. And I could, one of the biggest, the most helpful things was that I'd had so many years of pain that had been good and bad times. And it was sort of that thing of, well, you know why would it? Why does it change unless the brain is involved? So, so that made sense. But then I thought, well, if I've got this brain that that is so good at generating pain, what are the chances with my fatigue that there's this sort of mystery physical abnormality with me that is then throwing up fatigue? And I think one of the things with with CFSME is actually there's there's not a lot that that uh, not a lot in the research that explains. You know, this is why you've got fatigue. And there's all these theories about. The immune system and mitochondria and now there's there's theories or sort of micro blood clots and um it really there's there's lots and lots of different ideas but there's no real sense of this is exactly why physically people are getting this condition and getting fatigued and i'd had um a series of viruses in fact as well before i started getting this fatigue so i'd always thought well there's my evidence that mm. this is something wrong with my body it my body was just damaged by these viruses or it reacted to them it, you know there's a sort of genetic susceptibility that means that things went wrong from that point but i think it just started with saying if i'm if my body's good at generating pain and as doing so it, the most simple explanation for the fatigue is that is my brain generating it as well and and i think that from there mm. Every time I went through any of these exercises and I heard the word pain, I would just think, okay, how does this apply to my fatigue? Can I do some work around if I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling really super exhausted and awful, can I just stop and take a step back and watch what's going on in my body? Where do I feel it? What emotions might I be feeling? Um, You know, is there anything that might have made my brain feel unsafe? and uh can i can i then do some journaling and think about my emotions um can i think about you know over the last week has there been a a time in the day where actually i did have some energy because if you've got something inherently broken in your body you're not going to have that variation you're not going to have days where you do have better energy because if something's broken it's broken it doesn't it doesn't sort of change in that way but If something's been generated by the brain, you, you know, you absolutely do get, you can get really bad day, you can get a little bit of a better day. And so it was, it was just kind of, it's really not sort of more, more, more complex than every step that you might do for, for pain, try and just substitute the word pain for, for whatever your symptom, you know, chronic symptom is. And, and, and diving deep and saying, what is my, you know, what am I feeling right now? Am I frightened? Am I angry? Am I sad? Is something needing expressing? If I try and express it, will that make the symptoms change at all? If I distract myself, will that make the symptoms change at all? So yeah, I think it's really important not to overcomplicate it, but it, it does take a bit more. You have to, you have to adapt things. You have to play around and you have to trust your own instincts because, that's it's all of this work is so much about listening in um, and and maybe starting to do that for the first time ever so yeah
0: yeah and and when you say listening um what do you what do you mean and I ask that because for years I listened to my symptoms and my symptoms told me don't move don't walk use the wheelchair on Thanksgiving to go shopping
1: um
0: well Black Friday um you know, and so what, what do you, can you unpack that a little bit? What do you mean?
1: Yeah. So I think rather than, because I think I was the same that I think that you can't help it's, it's natural when you've got horrible symptoms, you are going to be paying attention to those. And I think that's a really hard concept for people to sort of accept because there's a, there's a sense of wanting to say, no, no, I, I've got a life other than my illness and I'm not, I'm not just sort of being irrational and focusing too much inwards, but actually in reality if you're in pain of course of course you're going to look at it and if you've got fatigue of course you're going to say I'm feeling really exhausted actually that's the most important thing in this moment I'm going to go and lie down so so it's not for me it wasn't about symptoms it was about feelings and I always the funny thing with this work is that I always thought I'm I'm quite a sort of emotionally intelligent person. I know about feelings. I know what I'm feeling, and this is where I sort of found this these ideas so offensive originally because I thought, well, I'm a sensitive, caring, clever person. I know what I'm feeling, but actually, did I know what I was feeling? No, I didn't know what I was feeling. Um, and actually, particularly sort of negative feelings. And I think that that's that's what it's about tuning into. It's about saying, if I really sit with myself what has maybe been triggered what what is going on sometimes there's feelings hiding behind feelings and and again mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this work doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but but just starting to think okay what might have Uh, sort of made my brain react in this moment and, and throw up symptoms and and really being not even just recognizing it but saying okay can I allow myself to just sit and feel that and what does it actually feel like what does you know if I'm feeling angry about something where is that in my body what does it feel like does it have a color or a shape and I I struggled with that when I really started doing this work I thought I don't know how to describe where is the anger in my body? What does it feel like? I I was completely flummoxed Hmm. by that, actually. So that's been a process of of learning to really get in touch with my own feelings and feeling them very deeply, I guess. And yeah. Did that just take practice for you?
0: Let's say you're feeling-
1: Yeah, and I I think that there's quite a lot of negativity around sort of, I see, because I'm now studying health psychology and I look at things like, there's research paper on- uh, papers on fibromyalgia and about how a lot of people with fibromyalgia have great difficulty identifying their feelings, and and it seems to stop there. And it doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be any work on okay. We need to take people with with this problem, whatever their diagnosis is, because they might not be diagnosed with fibromyalgia. It might be something else, pain of some sort. And and you know it is. And and one of the one of the exercises, it, it, you know, it's a simple thing to start doing, but. One of the exercises that was separate to curable. And this actually sort of came in later when I'd recovered, but it was still very, very important. And it was just somebody saying three times a day, just stop and try and work out what you're feeling. And, and you can almost even print off um, charts of emotions mm-hmm. online, which for me again, that was a, a you know really valuable to do. And just to just if you're finding it really difficult, just literally look at the list of feelings and say, okay, I think I'm feeling this now. What does it feel like in my body? Do I need to go and sit and write, write these feelings out? Do I need to go and connect with somebody? Do I need to go for a walk? And I think that, yeah, I, I'm very firmly believe that there's a lot more that we could be teaching people about, Um, you know, no shame. There's lots and lots of people who, who have not been brought up to be in touch with their feelings, unfortunately, but yes, regular practice of kind of, what am I feeling? What does that, what does that actually feel like? It would just help so many people. And it, it starts to change so much within your body when you do that.
0: Yeah. Two things about that. Mm-hmm. One, th- that what you're talking about, I've heard it called alexithymia, or yes, alexithymia. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I never know how to pronounce that, but yeah, I've heard that, but yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that's so, yeah. I, I mean, I have a, a little emotion wheel over here, and and when yeah. I have clients, I often send a, a printable version of it because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I remember reading that sometimes people in chronic pain um, aren't able to identify their feelings, and I thought, oh yeah, interesting. Cause I'm, I labeled myself as emotionally intelligent prior to all this healing. And Mm -hmm. then when it, then when it came down to it, I was like, wow, I actually, I actually don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm confusing how I feel for the wrong emotion and feelings. And so, yeah, taking quite a bit of time to to write and discover what is what's the emotion under this one, and am I mislabeling this and, and all that kind of
1: yeah. work. Yeah.
0: Um. And then the other thing you mentioned earlier, maybe like five minutes ago, is um, you were just talking about microclots and kind of um, a lot yeah. of the the um, fears maybe that you had that you were getting through research that maybe this is the thing I had. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody listening that has also read all that all that mm-hmm. material. Uh, from our own googling <laughs> yes what words of encouragement do you have for how to I don't know transition because there there is very little information about mind body syndrome out there um, yeah. and there's a lot of information that's really scary yeah Um. so any thoughts that you have on how to let go of some of that stuff
1: I mean I think the most important thing about this work is that y- all it will ever say to you is your symptoms are real and and real in the sense that you can end up picking up abnormalities in scans and tests and and Mm -hmm. and I see people getting very confused and very upset about that because by saying this is you know symptoms of mind body symptoms they'll people get very much very stuck on but hang on there's been this research showing this and this and this and it, it is very very hard to kind of shift from that position I think to saying you know, this isn't threatening, actually, this is this is saying that your symptoms are real. And I very much think that, you know, with mind body symptoms, the body is part of it. So absolutely, there can be physical abnormalities. And I actually have a connective tissue disorder. So I still technically have a problem with my body in the sense that my ligaments are not mm. um, sort of you know rigid, I guess, as everybody else, there, there mm. is a problem, I'm very hypermobile but that doesn't mean to say that you know my brain was generating a lot of my pain and 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 it wasn't my fault it's not anybody's fault when you get these symptoms it is something that brains do that it protects us it's a it's a really human normal i don't like the word normal but 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 it is it's like you know so many people um experience symptoms that are generated by the brain and for some people it'll just be a minor stress headache or a, an upset stomach right. um something like that right and it's just that for some some of us we end up with these much more severe symptoms which which stick around and are very disabling um but by looking into this work it gives you there is then hope of getting better and I think I was always waiting for some kind of pill or medication or treatment that was going to save me and and I remember doing this work Mm. early on and thinking if if it's a case that my brain was generating my symptoms that's really hard to come to terms with that that my first reaction is to feel ashamed and there's a lot of sh- sh- shame that, you know, I've had to work through that. It comes up still. It's very painful. And, and I particularly, I mean, I, I had symptoms for so long and I think, well, if I'd have found this, these ideas sooner, I, 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 didn't, I spent years being disabled that I didn't need to be suffering. Essentially. It's very, very difficult, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, yeah, it is, it is such a human process and, and the body, is, uh, you know, the symptoms are real and it's worth if this, if your symptoms are mind body generated, you don't have to wait for research. You don't have to wait mm. for some external person to come along and, and, and save you, which, you know, obviously with, with fatigue, there's a huge sense of, well, that's never going to happen anyway, because we've been trying for years to work out what's mm. going on, but this is your mm. chance to have some control. And to play around with symptoms. And I always, I'm really passionate about saying to people that, you know, I'm not walking around saying, well, everybody can be cured and everybody's fatigue is mind-body fatigue. And I think being balanced is really um, important. And some people do this work and they get an improvement and that's meaningful to them, but it's not a complete cure. And some people don't get anywhere with it, whether that's because it's not the right approach for them or because they need some support in, in sort of tweaking what they're doing with it there's a variety yeah. and you know there's people like me who who've been so incredibly lucky to be completely cured but but yeah the minute i worked out that no these symptoms at least some of them are being generated by my brain that was me on the path to being back in control, having exercises I could try. There's always going to be other exercises you can do if if, if the first ones that you try don't work for you. There's always different different approaches. There's always different people, yeah. you know, who've got different ideas around how to how to shift things. And, and it, yeah, it just gives you it gives you a bit of control back and and I think that is everything and it's such a wonderful thing to realize when you've been when you have suffered and I think that's the thing isn't it like fatigue and pain and all these other symptoms they make you suffer they're awful they are really really tough to live with and yeah yeah, so any little chance that 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 something can then help is just worth it's worth really giving it a good shot and at least then you'll know if you've given it everything and it hasn't worked you can say to yourself well i did try and it, you know it's very difficult then if if things don't work but i do think for most people it's worth that risk
0: yeah I, and i think I, I i probably land a little bit more on the right in the. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I, I definitely think that, um, the most symptoms are mind body. I, yeah. I think the brain, I think yeah. the brain produces. And I, a and I think, amount. I
1: think in so many ways, that's my instinct, but I suppose that's where I'm kind of, you know, because I'm studying health psychology and it's so much like, well, what does the evidence say? And I think it's like, yeah. it's really important as well, as we do need more. I mean, there is, there is absolutely lots of evidence, lots of research on yeah. on this. So that's, yeah, it's, it's But all, we need more. We need more, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope, I hope we get to a point where we can be sitting there saying we've got that evidence backing it all up that, yeah, that most symptoms can be, yeah, can be tweaked and yeah. Got rid of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And, and, and just kind of what you're saying about the the difference between searching for a physical diagnosis and waiting mm-hmm. for the pill and the, the surgery yeah. that's going to um, heal you. And then you discover this mind body syndrome and all of a sudden, it seems to me that there's just this hope there's just all of a sudden this like, Oh, wow. Like you were saying, there's something, there's something in this I can do and control and I don't have to wait for, Oh my gosh. It's just reminded me. I, I, I haven't been to the doctor since I healed. So several, several years now and I I had to go to the doctor for something actual physical recently. And I tried to schedule an appointment and there was, (laughs) there was so much stress around having to go to the doctor And, um, around literally the scheduling and getting in and, you know, and like all all this stuff. And I, it just had this flashback to how, um, I'm going to say traumatic, just the, the, the search for the diagnosis, um, was for years and, you know, going to doctor after doctor and, um, and, and that's just something that I'm really thankful and understanding mind body syndrome that, um, I get to let go of a, a the majority of that stress of trying to get into somebody to tell me how to fix myself
1: yeah yeah and I and I look back and I think that because I have some people sort of when I you know trying to talk a lot about these ideas and say they're worth a shot and I get a lot of people saying well no that's that's rubbish and it doesn't it's it's uh basically it's conmen trying to kind of get money out of us and and I understand all of that fear but I look at this and I think I have been well for four, over four years now, and I've got back the ability to ride a bike, and I go hiking, and I go swimming, and I, I've been working. And, and I think, actually, I, if I had stayed with the, that, those feelings of, no, this is awful, and it's not going to help me four and a half years ago, that would have been four and a half, nearly four and a half years of extra trauma and extra yeah pain and extra fatigue and actually i my heart breaks if i think about what that would have been like yeah. um and i knew within myself i couldn't cope with it for much longer it was really breaking me and i think well it paid off for me and and it's it was so worth it and and sometimes these things do ask um a lot of courage and and it is it is uh, it's difficult to to try new things and to sort of really get your hopes up but but yeah, for so many people, it it really does pay off. And even I always try and say, even if it doesn't immediately get rid of physical symptoms, the work is all about getting in touch with yourself and, and yeah, it's it's only ever going to benefit you really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that in, in closing here. Um, oh gosh, there's so many things I want to say, but, um, (laughs) So, if you were going to pick your top three tools mm-hmm. that you felt were most effective for you, I know we've already talked about writing. Um, it sounds like um, writing about how you were feeling a few times yeah. a day. Yeah. Um, so, I'd love to hear about that. And and then, without naming anything, did mm-hmm. you did you find that there were any tools that you tried and they didn't work? And I want to explain what I why I'm asking that. I think so.
1: so I, I think, I think the thing for me was that, you know, there's, there's, um, meditation is part of the process. And I think that for me, if I just meditated, that was never going to just lead to a, a recovery. And, and of course I tried it anyway when I was ill, but, but I think that that, I mean, it can be fantastic, but I think that, um, there were limits to how much that helped me that side of things. I think
0: as in, it wasn't enough on its own. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so, so I'm hearing meditation was, was helpful. And yes. so was, was it just free journaling or? or I think was- so.
1: Yeah. I think, I think they've. I think what worked initially was sort of setting a timer for 20 minutes and then maybe mm-hmm. writing anything and everything and then, and then doing another 10 or 20 minutes of sort of more rational, actually reflecting on what you've written and what you're feeling. And, and it's, it's really good to have those two different parts of it.
0: Yeah, for me, writing having hope at the end was yeah. A, yeah a huge part of it. I'm a Christian, so a lot of it had to do with like how is God freeing me from the bondage yeah. of these this thing I'm writing about. Um, yeah. So the writing, and then um, meditation, and then any any others that you found to be your favorites. Or- the
1: the the crucial thing for me was writing an evidence list, and okay. um, and and so for me, what what that was was. <laughs> Going back over the past few weeks or months and looking at any times that I'd done things that normally would, you know, produce symptoms that any times that it hadn't resulted in symptoms. And I, I went into that thinking, well, this is stupid because I always have symptoms and I I can hardly do anything. And I sat there and I covered this A4 sheet of paper and things that I was like, well, hang on, that's that. I don't remember. I'm not sort of thinking a lot about these things, but I, I just uh-huh. found lots of little things. And and as soon as I think you've got that on paper in in particular, I think that anytime you get symptoms, you can you can basically say to your brain, well, hang on, look, I've got this evidence list of times where you, you essentially slipped up and you forgot to generate some uh-huh. symptoms when I did something. And, uh-huh. yeah, and you don't need to do this anymore. And that was that that was almost the most important exercise that I did, because I just I couldn't believe how many things and it was really little things It might have been like, you know, cleaning out a cupboard of something that I couldn't normally do something like that. But, you know, it could have been or could have been standing up to prepare a meal and you ended up getting distracted and standing for a little bit longer than you normally would and, and you were okay. And so it can be really, really little things. That's fine. But. It starts to dismantle this idea that there's something physically, you know, there's something broken in your body. There's something, you know, that's gone wrong with your with your cells. And it's um, Mm -hmm. it just is all evidence that it is your brain generating the pain. Um, And then somatic tracking. I I didn't do that when I used curable. It wasn't sort of I don't think they sort of brought out. I think they did a podcast on it. So I wasn't yeah. using that as part of my recovery, but I have used that since. And I had, in fact, mm-hmm. I think it was two years ago, I had a surgery, um, nothing related to sort of previous disability. And um, I ended up uh, in really quite a lot of pain from that. And it lingered. And I, initially, I, I just sat there going, well, I've, I've had surgery. So there's obviously a reason for the pain. And then I had this moment where I thought, do you think maybe the same theories apply to this? And I, I'd, I'd actually developed a bit of a limp and i went and did some somatic tracking and that was it the limp stopped from that point on it was gone so so i still you know if i if i get a sort of things are getting a bit out of control with stress and i have a flare up something bit a bit of a stress headache or just a, an afternoon of tiredness i i do use that and i do find that extremely helpful it's so simple and it's so straightforward and it's yeah it's very effective so
0: yeah okay okay that leads to my last question of what what does life look like for you now in in this post curable um, healing journey and and how and actually how long was your journey of healing too
1: how long did it take to get better do you mean or mm-hmm well, it was really the six weeks and I was really like 25 years of symptoms and then six weeks and that was it. I knew it was completely, completely and utterly. And in fact, That's really so fast. Not that, like, it was, it was so fast and it, and it doesn't, I do think it doesn't, you know, everybody is so different. And for some people, yeah. it they panic because it's not happening that fast for them, but right. it's so individual. Right. But I, I think it was about, I don't know, like two months out when I booked a trip to Egypt because I was like right I'm better and I want to get on with things and I just had to sort of jump Love into it. it was, I mean it was a bit risky looking back but I was fine you know I was all oh. okay but, but I, I you know it's it's very hard to say what does life look like because life is just I mean life is challenging and I I think I always had an idea that if I recovered from all my problems that life would be perfect and it's not it is a bit it's been an adjustment to sort of say no that's not how life works at all life is hard and yeah, it's hard for yeah. everybody, but. Um, I am just, mm. ugh, I just feel like I've won the lottery. I'm walking around a lot of the time and I try and really make sure I'm constantly looking back to what life was be- like before and making sure I'm appreciating this and don't want to take yeah. it for granted. But I'm studying something I love, which is health psychology, which is, you know, want to do something to do with helping, helping people in, in pain and with fatigue um I've been working and I've had a lovely experience having you know it's my first job and I had a lovely team of people to work with and I got to do something where I was helping people I've moved to a city that I love I'm able to sort of do a full day of whether it's working or studying and then I've still got energy to do other things I've been on holidays I've I mean I'm just so lucky I really am. living yeah, I'm living, I'm living, and I'm having fun. And I'm even, even the bad bits, I mean, it's a privilege, isn't it, to have energy to go out into the world and, and, and it shapes you all the bad things as well. That kind of turns you into, you know, the person that you, that you become is it all comes from the bad things as well as the good. So it's those opportunities to be stretched. And, um, I'm just, I I, I've honestly I've just so lucky and I've I I feel like I'm still rebuilding it's still it's a process but um yeah there's so many amazing opportunities that come up and it's incredible
0: yeah even before this call even um even just the fact that you're doing construction and showing up here (laughs) is is um but but I'm
1: so but but that's the thing it's I almost have a problem with being too busy I'm you know I've got got builders in and I've got my (laughs) course and I've had my job and I'm doing some volunteering and then yeah it's just because I want to I want to live so much I want to yeah. cram in so much and and I am at the point where I'm thinking I, maybe maybe when life comes down again a bit I need to reflect on that and 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 you know mm-hmm. things could do with being a bit quieter but but it's hard when you just want to to grab every opportunity I think and do everything yeah, so.
0: yeah. that balance but also taking joy in just what you yeah. have you know when you make a decision to go forth with something just enjoy it while you yeah. can and yeah yeah well thank you so much for your time and for um i don't know just taking a break out of your busy life to encourage (laughs) everybody um out there that has similar symptoms or even completely different symptoms just to share your journey Um, as you know it goes a long ways
1: yeah yeah no it's really good to really good to do this so thank you
0: all right thank you um all right everybody i'm gonna um, stop recording and I will see you guys next week. Bye.